When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations that demystify, destigmatize, and desensitize what goes on both inside the therapy room and in daily life. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Logan. And we are seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. Every week, we sit down for soul-provoking conversations with fellow seekers, thought leaders, change makers, and even real people during live coaching sessions as they navigate the hard work it takes to be a human. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. So we're going to talk about something that isn't relationship-based today. Fascinating. (laughs) So somebody wrote us in and asked, (laughs) I have a question and I'm wondering if you can address it. Well, hang on, skip that. How do you know if you're running from something or if you need a change? I'm asking in the context of moving and changing jobs. I'm not sure if I'm moving and changing jobs because I'm avoiding something or if I truly am ready for a change. I'm passionate about my current job and I always thought it was my calling, but now I'm really feeling like I need a change. And I'm not sure if it's just the burnout speaking. What do you think? You know, I think with so many of these things in life, what I always come back to is how much we are just so deeply either conditioned or wired. I'm not even necessarily clear at this point, which it is, but to be afraid of making a mistake. Mm. And you know how I feel like I don't believe in mistakes. I think the idea that we can ever get it wrong is just something we are conditioned to believe so that we um, stay inside of boxes and stay within paradigms of like, this is what it means to live a good life and follow a path and do the right thing. And no such thing. Um, I believe this is a life school. And so say you leave the job and you go do something else or you move to a new city um, and you realize that actually isn't in alignment with what I really do want. 
that's information. Maybe it's mm-hmm. the information you need. Um, but I think when we're in that space of like, should I stay? Should I go forever? That's information too. Like, I think um, we're just so afraid to have the like constant seeking. Uh, I almost wanted to say like archetype within us. Mm. I remember like I used to really shame myself because everyone around me was like, oh, you know, Danae, she's like constantly looking for her next career. She's like going to be a chef and then she's going to be a yoga teacher, like whatever the thing is. And I thought that meant there was something wrong with me. And there was nothing wrong with me. It was just me sort of sampling the Raja of life while I was young and didn't have a lot of responsibilities and was able to do that, you know? But this idea that like, you're getting it wrong if you feel like this isn't true for you right now and you want to try something different. I think we got to put that down a little bit, you know? I love it. First of all, I want to say you wanted to be a chef. <laughs> I mean, for two seconds when I became vegan, I was like, maybe I'll be a vegan chef. And I went to a like culinary class where they were like, it was a knife class. And I was like, that's enough. <laughs> I, for those I'm of you done. who don't know, I don't know that I've ever seen Danae like really cook something, which is why I'm like, you wanted to be well, a chef? Well, I can cook actually. Like I used to do it all the time, like Thanksgiving dinner don't like and stuff. It. And then I decided that's a lot of time and energy that I don't <laughs> want to expend on anything. And I don't do things I don't enjoy. So no, I can cook. I choose not to cook. They are different. I just found it fascinating that for a brief second, you wanted to be a chef. Yeah, that is pretty fascinating. <laughs> I'd like to date a chef, we can, uh, a we vegan chef it. who can cook no, for me. No, no, no. Chefs, while amazing, I would love to have my tummy fed all the time. There is an archetype that goes along with somebody who is like an actual chef in the kitchen. And really? It's, yes. It's an intense thing. And also, as they say, every Al-Anon is – well, no, wherever there's a coda, there's a there's an Al-Anon or whatever there's a coda, there's an addict. Is it the saying? Um, I would like to go ahead and invite all the to chefs be, to write in and protest. What they can, but I will do a sociological study that will show you that they tend to be more on the like compulsive addict side. Um, and, you know, I think you guys would maybe cancel each other. <laughs> you guys like, should write that right in and protest and leave us your phone number. <laughs> Because what Vanessa is saying is just wants really to stereotyping chefs. And I just, I don't think you guys should stand for it. <laughs> I eat and I would like you to write in so she can reach out to you to date So you. give me your phone number and tell me what kind of cuisine you prefer to cook for the <laughs> Okay, stop This has somehow turned into a Danae dating episode. Dating um, profile? Okay. Dating On to what, what was the question? I what was the question? Um, no, I, I, going back, I do agree with you entirely. I mean, I think that I, I saw this come up all the time when I was working with adolescents, right? Where they mm. would come in and God, the level of anxiety that these poor kids at like 14, 15, 16 were struggling with because it was like, mm-hmm. I got to have it all figured out. Like, oh my God, what am I going to do? You know? And listen, a lot of this was coming from their parents too, right? Which that mm-hmm. made me just want to kind of slap them upside the head, but um, the parents, not the kids. <laughs> but I used to just say to them, you know, there was definitely one kid where I flat out was like, your mom's not going to like that I'm saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mm-hmm it doesn't fucking matter. I mean, I literally remember looking at this kid and saying that it doesn't matter. You know, even if you are like young and you don't have a ton of responsibilities or you're not, I mean, I went back to school at 30 to change my entire life. I moved across the country with like two suitcases and nothing else. Right. Um, and to your point, like there's no such thing as right or wrong. It's just like, can we get a little bit more comfortable with following what's going on in my gut? Like whatever that intuitive calling is. And listen, I don't say that 
flippantly, I know that it's actually really hard for most of us to know what that inner calling is, what that gut is actually saying, because we have spent a lifetime, we are trained in our society to listen to everybody else but ourselves, right? To always put our knowing in external forces, whether those are people, whether that's stuff, whether that's booze, whether that's whatever, right? Um, and so this is why at 40 plus years old, people come to me and they're like, I don't know who the fuck I am. I don't know what I want. I don't know if I want to be with this person. I don't know if this job is the right job um, because we are taught that it's not important to hone those skills of intuition and of knowing the self. And so yeah. this, for this person at least, feels like a really good opportunity to do just that. Now, in saying that, I also want to say you also don't have to just like pack your bags, put your two-week notice in and like buy an RV and drive across the country. Like there are ways to do this stuff that also don't feel so um, abrupt, especially depending on like what your financial situation is, like, you know, what your ability to do that is. You can do the breadcrumb approach that I tell so often to my clients, which is like, how about you just spend some energy and some time finding what brings you a sense of aliveness? And that could mm. be cooking, right? Suddenly you're like, actually, I really like this. That could be, and so you take some classes that could be yoga. That could be, I don't know, something online that you read about and you're like, oh, this topic fascinates me. And so now I'm going to buy a bunch of books around this topic and just fuel that part of myself that comes alive when I'm in the space of whatever that is and allow that to be a little bit of, um, like a seed that you're planting and then watering and cultivating of getting to know the self and see where that takes you. Um, I think that is important and also maybe a little less dangerous for some people who feel like, well, I can't just like leave the job and go, you know, in this moment. Yeah. I think this is why I'm so grateful for the background in depth psychology and understanding life in the context of the individuation process that, mm -hmm. Carl Jung introduced, which is like Jung basically said, the process of individuation doesn't even really start until you're like 32. So even as you're like, I started over at like 30, like, yeah. of course you did. And yeah. I think societally we need to normalize, like, not only are there like different stages of adulthood and that is normal, but like they continue long beyond what our society and our sort of youth obsessed culture um, conditions us to believe. I believe my twenties were like fucking around. Like, I don't even like know what I did. They were sort of a wash, you know, like, yes, I had jobs. Yes. I accumulated skills, but for the most part, I really didn't like have a relationship with my inner world. You know, mm. that didn't start until my thirties. And yep. so when I started to come into this relationship with my capital S self, I started to have a very different inquiry around like, what do I want to fill my days doing? What kind of people do I want to surround myself mm -hmm. with? How do I know? Right. And that's by design. And then I was just watching a like clip of Gwyneth Paltrow talking about how like at age 40, something happens and it's abrupt. And all of a sudden it's like you get an upgrade in your psyche and then it happens again at 50. But like you come into these different levels of self. And I think we really normalize that with adolescence and like within children that there are developmental stages, mm -hmm. but then we sort of think that stops in totally. adulthood and it's just not the case. Like we are meant to continue to go through developmental stages at periods in our life and what we prioritize and who we are and how we show up in the world is vastly different and it's appropriate, you know? 
Well, I love that. And also when you were saying that, I was thinking of how many people I've either heard of or have known, um, you know, family members and stuff who like this whole industrial way of being and living, um, which is so out of alignment with earth and self has us thinking that it's 62 to 65, depending on your industry. Like now we retire and now the rest of our lives are like spent doing nothing and playing golf. And it's like, I can't even fathom, first of all, because like you, I'm, I would definitely classify myself as a seeker. I always have been, but I can't fathom a time in my life where I can be like, oh, that's a wrap. Looks like I'm spending the next 20 years of my life doing nothing. And then how many mm-hmm. people do I hear are miserable? Like they, they, they do that thing where they retire and they think, oh, this is great. Now I get to do nothing. And like in a year they're climbing the walls with boredom and unfulfillment um, and disillusionment because like you said, every decade is an opportunity for us to grow and evolve and learn more about ourselves. And, and so um, I think we do a disservice just even in the way we normalize that in society um, and kind of push elders to the fringe, you know, it, it's indicative of how we view uh, being wise and how we view knowledge and experience um, the way that we like shut our elders, out, you know, out and up um, even in like nursing homes and stuff, you know, I don't know. That was like a whole other tangent, but that's what it reminded me of when you were saying this like process of unfolding that happens as we age. Yeah. I think that's such a, I mean, it is a little bit of a, a different conversation, but I think it's it's worthwhile to state that this thing of like life happens in this early stage mm-hmm. of life and that later in life um, we are no longer of use to society and we should just sort of like settle down somewhere and accept the fact that we're done. I think it in a lot of ways leads to a lot of like mental health struggles, totally. um, you know, like if we are in the belief system of what the collective paradigm might be, there is a lot of pain and struggle and suffering that comes from, I'm on this one-way train, there's nothing I can do about it. And everything about this society is telling me that I am about to be, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Annihilated? Unnecessary, Um, like- Made obsolete. (laughs) the word. Obsolete, yes. And so, you know- shout out to Chip Conley and Modern Elder Academy because I think I went there and um, did a course last year and just was such a like beautiful experience of why it is so important for us to like reclaim this idea that our lives are anything other than like beginning in our like like elder years, whatever that means, because it's just such a like we're doing such a disservice, not only to ourselves when we stand in that space. And, you know, for women, a lot of that is by design because Mm -hmm. like, it's completely negating the wisdom of the crone and the woman who has lived some life and is able to stand in the space of her embodied self unapologetically. That is by design in conjunction with the oppression Mm -hmm. of women for the record. Um, And I think like reclaiming, like, you know, I'm 44 and like when, I like talk about my age and people are like, you're just so open about it. I'm like, I'm like the best I've ever been. Are you kidding me? Like I'm obsessed with myself at 44 and I, I think it like, I just keep getting better. So like this idea that like somehow we are meant to like 
slither away as we get older. Like, I just think that's like such a played out paradigm Mm -hmm. and that we should always be growing. We should always be evolving. We should always be learning new tricks and frankly, reinventing ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that it's never too late to say like, what next, you know? I love that. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's this like, we get out into the air quote real world and it's like, you somehow have to like get serious and like stop playing and stop finding mm-hmm. wonder and joy in the small things. And, you know, all that becomes like frivolous in a capitalistic society, you know, and it strips us of the, of aliveness. It strips us of life. It strips us of all, all of it, right. The experience of being alive. Um, and so then we become so obsessed with this right or wrong or path or money or like, what can I do? Or, um, you know, and so I, that's why I use that, like, um, that breadcrumb analogy. Cause I just so often say like, how about if we just focus on the feeling of aliveness? How about if we just start there, you know? Um, and can that be enough? And can we not rush that process? Can we just be present to it? And listen, I'm not saying I was perfect in it. Cause I did that, that process too. And even when I was in the midst of like, Oh, this is what feels good right now. This is what feels alive right now. I was still like, and what, and what's next? Come on, keep going. You know? Mm. And I had to really contend with that. Um, Partly I was in the energy of New York, which I think just carries a little bit more of that energetic kind of go, 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 you know, and that was maybe part of me wanting and desiring to move away from that Um, because I just kind of felt like it wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't giving me the space to just be, Um, but I, you know, I also think it's a practice of cultivating that within yourself. So I guess all that to say instead of saying, what's the next thing? What's the next career? What's the next relationship? What's the next this? And that, um, how about if we just say right here and now, like what we're going to focus on is what brings me joy and what makes me feel alive. Uh, and I'm going to like lose myself in that, you know, and see where it takes me. It's like being in a river and like you're clinging onto the side of the river and you're just let go and let yourself float. Mm. And that's beautiful. Can it be beautiful? Um, can we allow that? Yeah. Mm. I think that's like become a question that I come back to, to check in with myself, with where I am in terms of alignment with how I want to be showing up for this life. When I ask myself the question, am I having fun? Mm. And if I'm not having fun, or if I'm judging myself for even asking the question about having fun, I know I've sort of put my wounded masculine armor back on and I'm like muscling through from like a patriarchal way of like what life should be. But it's like when I give myself permission, because you and I've talked about this, like the word play is even still hard for me. Like I struggle Same. with it. I'm like, I don't want to play, Same. but, but I allow myself to like be in like, but is this fun? And if I'm not mm-hmm. having fun, what would I need to give myself permission to have fun? And that becomes like the reclaiming of my feminine energy for me. And that's like a way that I check in. Like if I'm not having fun with whatever this is, that usually is a really good indication for me. Like I don't want to engage in this anymore. And I give myself permission to hold that. Mm. give yourself permission y'all that's where it starts thanks for joining us for this episode of cheaper than therapy if you enjoyed today's episode be sure to share it with a friend subscribe and give us a five-star review on apple spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts and if you want to connect with us more find us on instagram at cheaper than therapy the podcast Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.